This is the J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing, and I'm your host, J. Scott. I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field enjoying God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Today we have a great show with Cody Nelson, who is part owner and manager at the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix. Uh, the Outdoorsman's is an optics authority on binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes. Uh, they have tripod mounting systems, which I feel their bino adapter is the best uh, in the business. If you haven't seen it, check it out. They've got awesome tripods, backpacks, and a lot of other great stuff. I've known Cody Nelson for a long time and we've uh, hunted a lot together i've actually was on both of his archery elk hunts um, where he harvested a couple of nice bulls and um, we've been friends for a long time Uh, his hunting partner cody goff uh, we've been together on some 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 great hunts and uh, we have a great friendship and uh, if you don't know the outdoorsman's in phoenix they are the optics authority Um, you're going to get some good insight from cody on this episode and uh, he will be on some other future episodes Um, so that's going to be fun I wanted to bring your attention to the Arizona Big Game Super Raffle Um, the deadline the sales end on tickets on mail order on 710 and online sales 712 so it's coming up that's um, 10 10 p.m. Pacific this online sales end uh, they're going to do the drawing on July 23rd, 2015. That's that's coming up here quickly. So if you haven't bought your tickets, uh, you need to now. Uh, even if you don't win, you're supporting a good cause. All of that money goes straight back on the ground in Arizona per animal. So if you buy antelope ticket, your money goes to antelope. If you buy a mule deer ticket, that money goes to mule deer. And I think it's very important for us to step up as hunters and support the animals that we love to hunt and you may just win the hunt uh they give away these hunts every year um and uh, some phenomenal trophies have been taken on these tags darn i've been fortunate to guide a handful of these uh, sheep tags and uh i guided the turkey hunt last year and um it's just a great opportunity to support the state of arizona they also have a sarovsky optics uh, raffle and a new mexico trophy elk hunt um, so, you know, it's a great opportunity. So buy your tickets. Uh, I also wanted to point out that DeadeyeOutfitters.com has stepped up and sponsored the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Um, and we've got a lot of great things here at J. Scott Outdoors podcast that we're going to be announcing over the next month or two. Uh, but one of them is Deadeye Outfitters has uh, agreed to step in to be one of the sponsors and um, if you haven't checked out their website go to deadeyeoutfitters.com anything that you guys order they have incredible um, shirts and hats and it's 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 a company that is is they're all hunters so they're making uh, great lifestyle apparel hunting lifestyle apparel and the artist uh, that does all the designs well the artist that does most of the designs is Chris Lacey and then Nikolai Cavilia. Um, he's the graphic artist, and um, they've just got some real high-quality stuff. So check them out. Uh, if you use the promo code JSCOTT, uh, that will get you 10% off. 
And if they happen to be having another sale uh, that, that is better than the 10% discount, uh, your, your better discount will apply. Uh, still use the code JSCOTT, and um, that will help them track and help support this podcast. I want to thank them for their support, and um, uh, they've got a big following on Instagram at Deadeye Outfitters. I believe they have 50,000 followers, and um, they produce uh, good content every day on their Instagram page. So give them, give them a like, uh, give them a follow, and um, check them out. Uh, I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for all your support with the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Um, the number of plays and number of downloads is, in my mind, mind-boggling. Uh, I, I do like to think big, and i got to be honest, when I started this podcast, I didn't have any idea that it was going to get this big this quick. Uh, we've got a lot of great things coming up on the show and a lot of great guests. Um, I've, I've done some interviews already with just some phenomenal uh, guests and great information and uh, great content that you're really going to enjoy. So um, I'm here in Colorado in my summer place and um, uh, had a great night last night fishing, uh, although the, the, the river is still very, very high, but the green drakes were hatching and it's um, there were very few places to actually catch those fish because of the soft pockets, because the water's going so fast. But it's just a great time of year. I'm checking in with all my friends every day back in Arizona, and uh, uh, the monsoonal moisture is, is really getting cranked up, and uh, antler growth is looking phenomenal. And um, if we can just continue with this monsoon, it looks like our rut will be phenomenal on the elk and um, getting lots of great reports on, on deer antler growth and um, so it's just an exciting time um, getting prepared for uh, the Arizona elk season coming up. Uh, it's going to be a great September and uh, there's just a lot of great things going on. It's an exciting time to be a hunter. So um, if you need to, well, let, let me restate that. I would like to hear from you guys. I get uh, questions and comments every day at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. I uh, get Facebook message, Instagram messages, and just really appreciate the questions and the comments and the support. Uh, I have gotten a bunch of questions, and I'm going to be covering those questions in upcoming episodes. Um, but if you have specific people you want me to interview, if you have specific topics, I want to hear from you. Uh, I want to thank you guys for your support. You're awesome. And uh, I wouldn't be doing this uh, without you guys and without your support. So. Uh, with with all that said, let's uh, jump right in and, and uh, let's hear from Cody Nelson at the Outdoorsman's and uh, hear what he has to say about optics and tripods and um, it's going to be a great episode. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I'm actually on location with a good friend of mine, Cody Nelson, down here at the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix. We are down here on Cave Creek Road, uh, huddled in Cody's office here, and uh, listening to the sound of traffic going by. Uh, <laughs> one one customer after another is driving by. You've got a great location here in Cave Creek, uh, off Cave Creek Road, uh, in, in Sunny Slope, actually. Sunny Slope. Um, down here south of uh, Cactus, uh, north of what, Dunlap? Uh, north of Dunlap. North of Dunlap, uh, 
got Cody Nelson here. Cody, you and I have known each other for probably 20 years. I was trying to count the other day and couldn't, uh, couldn't exactly. 1997, yeah. 1996. So 18, 20 years. Yeah. Um, and Cody and I have actually been on several hunts together <laughs> and a bunch of adventures. And uh, I actually have been with you on both your archery elk that both you killed. Hunts, and yeah. um, then you were an integral part of uh, Michael Parks' bull in 2009, and, and we're going to get into that. Uh, sure. Cody Nelson is uh, not only a great friend, but is uh, an authority on optics, and um, Cody, how long have you been here at the Outdoorsman's? Uh, this will be, uh, be my fourth year, and uh, I think I started in, uh, yeah, I guess I started in just after uh, maybe the June or April of of uh of, of 11 okay so yeah this will be my fourth year okay fourth year and um cody uh one of the things that i think separates the outdoorsman's from any other um optics dealer is all of the guys that work here are hunters and knowing you for so long and knowing how passionate you are about hunting um it adds a lot of credibility to your game. It adds a lot of credibility to your craft. Um, you know, as as far as glassing, you're as good a glasser as anybody I know. Whereas uh, there's other, and you know, without picking on competition, the reality is the other optics dealers they're not out in the field as much as you are glassing. And you know, one of the things that you and I both enjoy glassing as coos deer, and, and glassing for coos deer is a very um, intense, you know, very particular methodical, methodical um, way of glassing. Can you elaborate a little bit on your love for A, hunting, and B, be, being behind the glass and, and using your optics, even before you started working at the outdoorsman's? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think the, uh, there's a, there's so much to talk about right there, but the, uh, w when you talk about the, the outdoorsman's and glassing and the staff that works here, um, the one thing that we pride ourselves on maybe then that other people don't or is that I almost make it a requirement that when guys go out into the field that they are actually taking product and actually comparing it against other product. And I think that when we get all those things together and we put all that knowledge together and when the phone rings and we answer questions for people, you're not just getting, you know, somebody's opinion about what they think is, is this or that. You're actually getting real world, honest to God, glass on game, um, experience. And, and it's not always just about what I feel. Um, you know, we take guys out behind the shop here and put the glass on the mountain and, and watch the hikers and, and we actually, you know, make them decide what glass is best for them. Sure. So, um, you know, as far as, uh, as my love for glassing, um, I've always actually been, I think more in, in love with the idea of finding game than, than shooting it or harvesting it or, or, you know, the, the actual, you know, kill part of it. Um, it, 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 I, I don't know. I could do it for hours on end. Um, I think I, we've been on enough hunts that we've done that together. Um, but I just, I've been in love with it trying to figure out how to put, uh, binoculars on a tripod since I was maybe, 
I don't know, maybe 18 or 19 years old, you know, just always thinking of like, how do I make this better? Yeah. And there weren't, there weren't parts for that. Sure. You know, and then, uh, you know, I can remember reading articles about Dwayne Adams and, and the Coos Deer Adventures with Craig Boddington and, and Warner Glenn down in, in Douglas. And, you know, I, I was fascinated by these small little deer and, and that, you know, in itself is exactly what got me into glassing is, is how to find deer more efficiently. And that's really what it comes down to. So your love for glassing stemmed from not only enjoying the glass, but for really wanting to find more game efficiently. Absolutely. And I know you well enough and we've glassed so many times together and been on so many hunts together. I mean, you truly pride yourself in the fact that you like to be able to say, I found that deer. And I found that buck and, and bull or whatever, like we all do. I mean, it becomes a craft of your trade, and you are very good at it. One thing I would ask you is, you know, what makes you a good glasser? The, the, the number one thing is patience. Uh, when we teach seminars, um, there's a, a little three-step deal that I always tell people about. Number one, you got to have good glass. Uh, number two, you got to put it on a tripod. And I think the third one and the most difficult for anybody to accomplish and, and get really good at is be patient, slow down. Um, so when would, you're not finding deer, slow down, slow down. Okay. And, and, and I think Dar and I, you know, we do the same thing. We'll talk to each other and what do you got? Nothing. What do you got? And then, you know, one of us will say, slow down. I mean, so that's, in my opinion, that's phenomenal advice that you're giving. And if you're not finding what you want, slow down because you're probably missing it. Start yeah. getting into the details and, and pinpointing stuff. I, I know there's guys out there that are, you know, uh, thinking to themselves, well, God, you know, get, get up and move. And, and I think just the opposite. Hunker down and stay tight and... You know, you, you have these optics and tripods and all this stuff invested in finding game. And to me, it's, you know, you, you just gotta slow down and be more methodical about, you know, where you're looking. Um, I'm not saying that doesn't mean don't change angles that, you know, if you're going to move a quarter mile, half mile, you know, on a ridge line or something like that, that, that never hurts. But, um, I, I, I'm just always more careful about being quiet and, and staying low, um, and not moving around more than, you know, I just let the glass do my walking for me. Sure, sure. Um, I want to transition a little bit into, obviously, you're an optics dealer here at the Outdoorsman's, and you're, you're a, 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 a world-leading optics dealer. Um, talk to me a little bit about the maybe the variety of, of optics that you guys carry in that, you know, you carry the top-of-the-line stuff, but then you also carry stuff that might be not as ex as ex expensive, but that someone can get into a, a mid-range optic that is still very high quality. Talk to me a little bit about the the the, the variety of what you carry here at the Outdoorsman. Yeah, we um we we carry Swarovski, um, Zeiss, Leica, Koa, and Vortex, um, and all of those brands have. Um, tiered level of glass um what we try to do with that is is that uh you heard me talk about you know buy the best glass you can afford um the the bottom line comes down to this if a guy has a 300 hundred dollar pair of binoculars 
and he is upgrading. It, it, it might be the fact that he can only upgrade to a $500 pair of binoculars. It doesn't matter. Um, it's about getting, you know, decent glass and getting it on a tripod. Um, but we generally, um, we are able to get whatever glass we want from whatever, uh, dealer or vendor that we have. And, you know, say Vortex, um, Vortex does a great job of, of giving us basically, um, you, you can start at, you know, 150 or 200 bucks and work your way up to, you know, almost a 12 or 1300 dollar binocular. So, um, we try to make it so that we can service, um, you know, maybe the occasional weekend user, uh, all the way to the guide outfitter. Um, you know, I, 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 to give a, an example, um, our, our lowest set of binoculars is about 250 bucks and the highest, you know, most expensive pair of binoculars we sell is 5,000. Sure. So, um, it, we really do run the gamut on, you know, what is available and what we can set somebody up with. Sure. And every day when the phone rings, um, your staff here is answering calls in regards to optics. I mean, you have a wide range of, of users and customers, but you guys are known for being the authority on optics and glassing, and, and they know that they can call here and get someone's you know, expertise that's actually used the binoculars that they're selling and that more than likely they found a buck with it last week and they're scouting a buck or a bull or a bear or whatever and maybe not someone that just has been out looking at, you know, skyscrapers and, you know, birds up in the trees. And not that that, I mean, everybody has their own area of expertise, but you guys, uh, you guys truly pride yourselves on being hunters first and foremost. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's, I, I think that, you know, we even have a system here in the, in the, the, the building that, you know, if a guy gets drawn for a hunt, uh, um, I really kind of expect him to go on that hunt. Right. And we'll work, I'll work, you know, double shifts. I'll work my weekends. I'll work whatever I can to help a guy to make sure that he's out in the field and hunting. Um, I cannot stress that enough because if he can't relate to the customers when they call, um, I just, I, I'm sorry. I just don't see where the value in, sure. in somebody just regurgitating facts from a spec sheet. Sure. Um, I want it to be, uh, honest to God in the field, glassing experience with, with what they're describing. Yeah. Let's, um, let's go back a few years to 2009. I, I believe 2008, the year before you actually had your own personal mm-hmm. archery tag and you and I hunted together and you shot a really nice bull and we just had an incredible time up there in unit 23 in Arizona. It wasn't close enough though. <laughs> you shot him out of self-defense. Um, beautiful six point bull. Um, I think we shot him at what? Nine. It was awesome. about, about nine yards. Yeah. Great video. And, um, Basically, Cody defended all uh, Cody Goff and I uh, because we were about to get run over. But uh, that was awesome. Let's um, bounce back to 2009. The following year, uh, Michael Park from Oregon came down, and and we were looking for big bull for him. And and uh, why don't you uh, recap how you remember that day going down as far as. Uh, you know, you guys heading out that morning and what you found and maybe some of your instructions that uh, uh, you were specifically given. And, and maybe even it was the day before. Uh, uh, we have a good story there. Yeah, there's um, 
you know, we had started out the morning and we thought we were on time and, you know, going well. And as luck would have it, I think we battled, uh, I think we battled a trailer flat tire that day, and I think we battled a, uh, a, a an ATV ride. So from um, our base camp, we were traveling from our base camp. Michael and I actually went in another area. Cody Goff and Cody Nelson uh, went in another area and uh, had a few malfunctions. <laughs> yeah, that was putting it kindly. Uh, let's just say we were a little late that morning. Um and, uh, you know, normally we're sitting in our perch, you know, well before light and, and, uh, and trying to see any and, and all movement. And as important as that is, you know, uh, sometimes those elk are, are, uh, are bedding, you know, long before, uh, you know, the sun actually rises, um, or heading to their bedding areas anyway. And, uh, so we, we battled a couple different flat tires and, and, uh, finally we got to a, uh, to a spot where, I, I, I stopped and told Cody, I said, you go on to where our normal glassing point is. And, and I said, I'm going to try to catch some of these feeder canyons. And, and, uh, so I just stopped on the quad and, and, uh, pulled off and just started listening. And, and, uh, you know, uh, Cody went on to a spot and, and, and I ended up, you know, kind of getting into several groups of bulls that morning and, and bulls that quite honestly, we had passed up and, and really hadn't been looking at very hard. And, and, uh, there was a, a little, uh, little two tracker that I hadn't really focused on and been down. So I, I walked down this little two tracker and, and thought, God, this is kind of a different angle. And I'm kind of encroaching on the, uh, on the area a little bit, but I, I always thought that sometimes maybe getting a cross angle or a different look at something might be, uh, might be a, a, a good, a good thing to do. And lo and behold, I, I got off the quad and grabbed my pack and, and, uh, and, and took my glasses and, and uh in tripod and, and set up and i was kind of in an interesting little area where i kind of had to stand in glass and and uh i i i heard one lone bugle and it was just a growl and i thought well this is going to get really interesting and uh i kind of put my glasses over in the in the general direction of where it was and there was one open kind of spot on the hillside and and uh, i watched a, a cow i i i saw her be you know like pushed through this opening and rocks were spraying everywhere and noise and and then i just heard the most beautiful growling bugle i've ever heard there wasn't even a whistle with it no chuckle but it was just this belly roll if you will and uh and and right as the sun was coming up it it, if i'd had a camera at the moment i it would have probably been a cover shot like on like nobody could ever shoot but uh this giant bull steps into the opening and it just, it literally took my breath away. Uh, it's, it's one of those mornings and one of those instances that, um, you know, I always kind of refer to the, the parks bull as my bull, but, um, that the was Nelly bull. Yeah, the, ne- the, the Nelly, Nelly bull. bull, but it, 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 uh, it was that moment that you, that every glasser, every hunter, um, photographer, whatever, it's that moment, uh, that surprise that you don't know what's coming around the corner. Um, that very step and he stepped right into that opening and it was like, he was posing for a picture and he (laughs) knew it tipped his head back and the fronts were just giant backs. I mean, he had character, he had hookers, he had devil points. He had it all. And so you found this giant bull and here Michael and I are, you know, 20 miles away, maybe 15, 20 miles away, not even in the country. 
Goff's up on a point glass, and you get a hold of Goff, I think, and you're like, get down here. And um, so you guys start watching this bowl, and I think... Oh, there's a there's a happy customer calling right now, Cody. <laughs> Let's answer and well, sell him some optics. Yeah, we're not quite um, open yet, but we'll uh, we'll get him. You get a hold of Cody Goff, and then I forget. I think we talked by text. I think I text you at like nine o'clock in the morning after our morning hunt and said, "How's it going over there?" Well, or com- maybe it was Gene. You relayed through Gene. Well, communication was not easy. Yeah, and uh, and I remember texting Gene. My and, wife, Jay's wife, and she was back at camp, and and I remember saying, you know, you've got to have Jay get a hold of me right now. I'm not leaving, and uh, and I think Jean has been around, and and in her own right, Jean knows exactly what that means, um, and uh, so yeah, we 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 betted this bull, and it was one lone cow, and and this gigantic bull, and. Uh, so you betted this bull, and then so Michael and I were hightailing it in the rhino. We went back to base camp. Mm-hmm. I had called Gene and said, get us food, water. The boys are staying on this deal. Uh, we got to get them some lunch and stuff. And so we, Michael and I come rolling up, and if I remember the how it went, I walk up, and you're, you're, I can just tell that it's big, and I'm saying how big, and you're just saying look through my spotting scope, <laughs> look through my spotting scope, and I believe it was a Swarovski STS. I, uh, I it was, and uh, all I remember is looking through, thinking, you know, I'm going to see probably a 370, 380 bull, uh, you know, because that's a great bull. And Cody wasn't putting a number on it, but I remember looking over at Cody Goff, Cody's best friend, and his eyes were just as big as a raccoon. And no one would give me an exact score other than they said, just look through the scope. And when I looked through, here sits just a giant bull, and he kind of turns his head a couple times, and I about fainted. It was. Uh, I think it actually sucked the breath out of you as yeah, it did. Yeah. I, I, I did hear that. Yeah, it was uh, one of those moments that uh, you, know, you never forget. And um, to make a long story short, it took us a couple days. Uh, to get that bull killed, um, and actually Cody and Cody had to go back uh, into town for work, but uh, Michael and I were able to get that bull killed, and he ended up uh, being the largest bull elk killed in the state of Arizona in 2009 at uh, 435 inches gross, and um, just an incredible bull. Um, Michael had a great interview when the bull was down, and thanked Cody Nelson and Cody Goff, uh, and and he said, we call this bull the Nelly Bull. Nelly Bull. And um, it was just a, another fantastic uh, memory that I have with Cody Nelson. And, uh, um, you know, it's it's uh, been a, a great friendship uh, over, you know, 18 years or however long it's been. We have a lot of fun, and um, it was just an awesome experience. I think, um, I think we spent... Uh... You know, when people talk about not moving and, and, you know, not getting crazy with your, your uh, you know, trying to walk off and do something different, um, I think we spent eight hours or nine hours total solid behind glass yeah. with Cody or I never, leaving ever yeah. leaving that bull. Yeah, by the time we got to you, I want to say it was uh, one, two o'clock. Um, that's kind of what I remember. And you guys had been on it all day. And, um, you know, you were happy to see the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or whatever we brought you. 
Yeah, and and there couldn't have been enough shade. Yeah, it was warm that day. I remember that. Good thing it was my face warm. was burnt. That bull bedded down and stayed pretty um stayed pretty uh uh you know stayed down because it was warm. But um, yeah, I'll never forget that. Um, Cody, I want to talk a little bit about um the outdoorsmans and the products that are exclusive to the outdoorsmans. Uh, as far as the bino adapters and some of the tripods and some of the in- integral little pieces and parts, you guys have kind of defined or redefined uh, how to mount um, binoculars to a tripod. Can you talk a little bit about your accessories and some of the things that you offer um, here at the Outdoorsman's? Yeah, um, you know, and thank you for the compliment of you know it, just saying redefining and and. Quite frankly, I, I don't know that there's a, a system that's in existence today um, that is anything quite like ours. Uh, y- 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 we not only use this system to, you know, be used on our own tripods, but we've actually made it and put the forethought into things that would allow people to use their own tripods. Um, we have families that buy some of our adapters and our quick releases that will put them on every tripod they own just so that all of them can, uh, can interchange their binoculars and, and spotting scopes. And, and, uh, and so, um, we have, uh, we have, you know, th- uh, three different heads now. Um, we have a couple of different quick release adapters. We have a dual mount. Um, we have a window mount that's used in conjunction with two of our, our heads. Um, the probably the most unique thing that we do um, is probably the the way that we mount a, a binocular to a tripod, and we have uh, individual studs that are um, made to go in the the front you know hinge of your binocular, um, and then that also is coupled up to what we call a bino adapter that has a um, the stud goes into the female part of the bino adapter. And it locks in, and then you can uh, twist the, uh, a knurled knob, and that completely locks it in. So it actually has, you know, two safety mechanisms, Locking so that you know it, it it doesn't allow it to slide off. Uh, would you say that if someone owns a pair of European binoculars or owns a pair of some of the higher end binoculars, you can adapt it to a tripod? That you is have the ability. Yeah, to we adapt. have one way or another. We have a way to to put a binocular on a tripod. Okay. Um, whether that means that it's a Swarovski tray or a Leica, you know, plate with with the rubber band over the top, um, it's my least favorite. But it, it is, you know, while it's archaic in its thought process, it does work. Um, I I believe that our our mounting system is is way more efficient and user friendly, um, and lasts, you know, a, a lifetime. Um, we still have guys that are using our original tripod mounts um, that are virtually 15 or 16 years old now. How does someone go about uh, purchasing your uh, bino adaption uh, adapter products and your different tripod mounts as far as if they have a pair of binoculars and do they just call call you up here at the outdoorsman's? It, one, and, of t- one of two ways. The, the easiest way is to call us. Um, the parts are fairly intricate and there's, we have about 40 customized parts that do this. And 
we're getting better at the website. We're actually, uh, it's funny that you bring this up because um, we are getting ready uh, in the next couple of weeks to shoot an entire uh, video series. Uh, that will help explain this better in, in person. Um, and so that will all be available on the website. What is uh, the website? So the website is www.outdoorsmans.com. And uh, so you can see all these parts on there. Uh, we are loading up uh, the, the, the four newest parts here soon. Um, but the easiest way is is because so that we understand the exact language that a guy is using when he calls. Sometimes they call parts different things, and and there's so many moving parts that it's sometimes easiest if they call us and we walk them through the process. Okay. And um, so there's the the other thing that we do is is that a lot of people have Swarovski ELs, and uh, with that dual bridge design, um, it, that is a more difficult binocular to mount. Uh, but we have people that have sent us thousands upon thousands of their ELs, and we are able to um, custom fit a um, a stud in that front hinge, and uh, and it, it's very successful. And um, I mean, we've been doing it for I don't know since the inception of the EL. Yeah, and so, so I mean, there's not a day that goes by that you're not custom fitting someone's binocular. Yeah. To get it set up for a tripod. That's what we do. And when you purchase binoculars here at the Outdoorsman's, you guys automatically include, you you make that part of your service as far as uh, binoculars very rarely leave the Outdoorsman's that aren't set up to be ready for a tripod, correct? Pretty you, much. You can handle it right here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we do have to send the, the ELs out. Um, we do put them in the hands of our machinist, uh-huh. uh, Rim Country Manufacturing. They do a wonderful job for us. Um, but the in order to purchase the, the – it has to come through the outdoorsman's. Um, but, uh, yeah, we do – that is the only thing that goes out of, sure. you know, out of our shop. Everything else we do in shop. Nice. And, Cody, you have – um, this little gym sitting right here, which is um, brand new to the Outdoorsman's, um, which I'll let you introduce it. But to me, and looking at it, um, looks very lightweight, um, looks very sturdy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, this is going to be for people that are wanting to save weight and still have the ability to have a real... Um, steady platform to glass from what is this little gem right um, here you know a couple of years ago um mike sabano i at uh, at rim country manufacturing were discussing uh you know lighter weight tripods and or in, in heads and um you know we already have the pan head that weighs in at about 11 ounces and i had been getting a numerous calls on people that were that were wanting to do something different than with your traditional ball head um, that while they can be five or six or seven ounces, um, a ball head traditionally is a, a ball socket with a stem and your, your spotting scope or binoculars sit on top of that and you only have a, 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 a loosen or, you know, or tightening effect on that ball and you have to direct it with your hand. So, um, the, the questions that we were getting is, is, is there something out there that has more, a uh, uh, control over the optic instead of just having to have both hands on it all the time, and uh, so um, lo and behold, the, the conversation started, and and uh, and it, 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 it literally was a couple years in the making, and we've been so incredibly busy that um, uh, Mike and Marty up there finally, uh, they, man, they just they 
completely outdid themselves and you know we had talked about a couple things and they put it in our hands in prototype form and and we discussed and changed and and it came out to uh to be uh it, it, you know what we're looking at today and what do you guys call this th- this is called the micro pan head micro pan head. and it weighs in uh i think it weighs in just over seven ounces um it should be it's probably gonna hit that 7.6 ounce mark um it uh it allows you to um use uh you know one hand um control you have a panning motion that'll that'll pan left and right and then you have an up and down motion that's actually you know controlled with the handle and in a twist lock method and uh and then of course it it's using our um our quick release adapter on the top portion of it that will accept our dovetail for our bino adapter and our dovetail quarter 20 plates you know for spotting scopes cameras uh shooting v's um anything that that will uh that will accept our quarter 20 when you first showed this to the general public where was this launched at you know we 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 got the first shipment of them um right before we i mean literally as i was packing the truck to leave for salt lake city and the the western hunter conservation expo so you took them and with you. i i took like i took half the order and i thought well we'll just see how it does and and uh, on the way there, we were in antelope country, so I took a couple pictures with our new window mount and and put it in, you know in place, and you know kind of sent out a Facebook post and and loan loan like well yeah I mean it, it, boy I should have brought more with us because uh, by the end of the show I was completely sold out and uh, and I literally um, we just sold out of our entire stock. It went that quick and. I I think that the micro pan head is a um it, it, it was very interesting to watch the 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 forums and the Facebook posts um and and the and the social media aspect of things because I purposefully didn't put it on the website and it was amazing to me to watch well. how quick it yeah. took up took over and uh and so we're now on our second order of them and uh and we're selling more and more every day so uh, if people the, the reaction order to them, it was nothing short of phenomenal if people want to order them they just have to call and just put in an order for yeah, it yeah no they need to call us put the order in and it literally took us by so much surprise we 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 in in a couple of weeks when we shoot the videos we're actually taking all the pictures for uh for the website and uh, it it just it was kind of putting the cart before the horse, but so we so, launched it before we even had photos. Yeah, of it. it was just it was just the victim of how it came all together, and and uh, and I, I was very pleased. The we literally had people walking up to us at, at Salt Lake City that said, "I just want one of the new micro pan heads," and I would go to show it to them, and they would say, "Don't show it to me. I've already you know I've already seen the deal. I don't need to see any more. Let me I, I you know I want one of them. I, I want two of them." Sure. And uh, we were completely blown away by it. Now, Cody, um, this is made to go on your outdoorsman-specific tri- tripod. You guys cool. have your own tripods. You have a a small, a medium, and we a have, large, or what do you call w- it? What we actually have is is we have a a small. And a medium that that basically have one leg extension for each, okay, and those are are purposely made to sit behind. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have uh, uh, center post extensions that 
um, will go up a certain height than if you would like to upgrade to a center post extension that will double the height, we can do that. Uh, then we also have a compact medium and a, uh, and a, and a tall, which those have two leg extensions per leg. And so the tall you can stand behind. The compact medium was originally designed as a backpackers, um, or somebody who was really trying to count ounces and really more, actually trying to cut the space. Uh, I, in conjunction with Rim Country and, and talking with the guys, we were actually able to take a medium, um, and get the same height as a medium tripod with two leg extensions, but we were able to save five inches in the pack. Nice. And the, the first sheep hunter that I sent one to, um, he literally was like, oh, that's two mountain houses right there. Yeah. So immediately in his mind, he was like, oh, I can put two mountain houses in the place where that tripod took that space up. And so, um, and that really is where the micro pan head came back into play, um, in conjunction, you know, to, to create that backpackers, uh, tripod that still had, um, what we like to refer to as usable weight. Um, there are, uh, there are certain instances in hunting where you need to cut weight. Um, I will tell you that there's one place that I try not to scrimp too much. Um, I try not to go so light on a tripod that it actually causes, you know, problems with how stable your, sure. your, your, uh, your base is. And, uh, and there are certain instances where that happens. Sure. So you can overload a tripod. So now this um micro pan head does it only fit on the outdoorsman's tri no. uh, tripod or will it fit other tripods as well yeah it, it will fit other tripods um we have a quick release adapter that a person could put that on first and then uh on the base of our micro pan head is our dovetail is cut into it, so it so can it's be, adaptable it, to any other tripod. A hundred percent adaptable. Um, what's interesting about the the micro pan head is um, the place that it actually works really really well on, and what people are using it. They're kind of dual purpose in it. Is when you put that in conjunction with our window mount, um, you can use it as your as your as your window mount head, and then take it off the window mount and put it on your tripod and use it for the lightweight backpacker. Sure. So, um, you know, we had a lot of guys that watch the winter range and are, are sitting in trucks at, you know, below freezing temperatures. Sure. And, you know, they wanted something to uh, to use on their windows. And so, uh, you know, again, we, we designed a, a window mount and a, uh, and a new, you know, head to, to go along with it. Awesome. Well, I know we have a ton that we can cover in, in more episodes um, of the podcast. I think this gives a pretty good base on who the outdoorsman's is. Um, if do you have anything to add as far as um... you know, I, I I would just tell you that if if you want to um, you know uh, put your optics on tripods and and I think you're crazy if you don't. Um, I think that's one of the most amazing statements that I hear almost on a daily basis is uh, when people buy optics from us. Uh, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard the statement, well, why would I put my binoculars on a tripod? And boy, do we, you know, we, we explain to them exactly why that's important and, and, uh, and we can get into that in another yeah, episode. And I, I mean, I think most Western hunters or people that hunt in the West have finally come around to realizing that they need to mount their, their binoculars on a tripod. They need to be more stable. They're going to find more game. They can evaluate game, you know, better. And you guys have truly separated yourselves 
as the tripod mounting specialist. I mean, you, you, you know every angle of every binocular and how to get it stabilized on, on a tripod. So I commend you guys for that. And, um, you know, from all the different uh, years, you know, every piece of optics that I own has come out of this shop. <laughs> and, um, you know, you guys are the leading authority in optics and, 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 you know, the world authority in optics and, and, uh, you know, the knowledge, you know, if there's something that, that I've got questions on, I always call you and run it by you. And the thing that I like about you is you're not, you don't always agree with me. No, sometimes no, we've had some yeah, good ones. <laughs> sometimes you're, and I think that's good because it adds credibility. Absolutely. Um, and you're very opinionated in, uh, the way you think. And the reality is most of the time, and I'll say most of the time, you're right. And, uh, I have to finally <laughs> say, you know what, Cody, you're right. Um, but we've had an incredible friendship and I look forward to, uh, more stuff we're going to do in the future and more hunts and uh you know i want to congratulate you guys on your success here at the outdoorsman's um you know outdoorsman's.com uh what's the what's the 1-800 number Cody? it's 1-800-291-8065 okay so give us a call and uh and let us uh, let us help you see more game absolutely thanks a lot for uh being here with us this morning cody thank and, you uh, uh Thank you for having me. I, it's a great opportunity, and and I wish you the best with the podcast. It's I uh, I spent a lot of time listening before I had the opportunity to do this, and and uh, you're bringing uh, you're bringing some great material to the table, and and I think people are are going to really enjoy this format. Yeah, I'm I'm having fun doing it and getting lots of good positive feedback. So I appreciate you uh, spending time with us here, and uh, until we get to chat again, um, have have a good hunt and uh looking forward to these draws coming out for elk and antelope and uh, i know it's an exciting time for everybody well thank you very much we'll uh we'll, we'll be here all right buddy thank you well that was a great episode with uh, cody nelson from the outdoorsman's guys i wanted to bring your attention to something that i've gotten a couple questions about and that is uh, guys wanting to know why they don't get the iTunes feed immediately when I load it onto Podbean. So here's the deal. If you subscribe to iTunes, it's totally free. If you click the subscribe button, as I load episodes onto my server, they automatically, if you're a subscriber, will automatically download to your device. So you sometimes... The difference between getting them off Podbean and getting them onto iTunes if you're not a subscriber can take anywhere from 6 to 24 hours. So if you want to get immediate downloads, please subscribe. Uh, hit the subscribe button and it will download every immediately uh, and then you'll be able to access them right away. I want to thank you guys again for your support. Uh, just to be clear, if you're a PC or an Android user, you have to use the jscottoutdoors.podbean.com. So you have to use Podbean or Stitcher. If you're an iOS or Apple user, you obviously can uh, go to iTunes and tune in on iTunes. So I want to thank you guys for your support. Uh, I also want to tell you that uh, I have an Instagram page at J. Scott Outdoors, my associate Dar Colburn at D-A-R-R -R Colburn, C-O-L-B-U-R-N. 
Of course, you can go on the website, J. Scott Outdoors, our Facebook page, uh, J. Scott Outdoors, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube channel's growing daily. I think we have over 1,500 subscribers now. Uh, that's J. Scott Outdoors on YouTube. So, guys, thanks for all your support. I look forward to hearing you. If you uh, have any questions or comments, send me an email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, God bless. Thanks for listening to the J. Scott Outdoors Western Big Game Hunting and Fishing Podcast brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and join today.